0: You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us on Fuel Radio. We've had some great engagement lately and I just wanna thank you again for listening and for your feedback. Today's guest is Dai Manuel. Dai is a lifestyle mentor, he's a speaker and an author. In this interview, we cover a whole range of topics having to do with health, including what it looks like to have a healthy business, a healthy body, and a healthy mind and soul. Dai really drops some great wisdom gems, and he asks a lot of great questions. I think in this interview, you'll find it a good way to reflect on your own health and possibly some improvements that you might like to make. So thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate it. And now here's Die Manuel. So, hi everybody, welcome to Fuel Radio. My guest today is Die Manuel. I was thinking this week, Die, about where we first met. I think it was at a Ricky Shetty event and uh, yes. <laughs> one of his uh, marketing events. I don't know that we've ever. Had a, a very long conversation in person. That's almost always been on the web.
1: <laughs> I, I think so. I, honestly, yeah. Especially Ricky's events, they always were uh, rather uh, chaotic at best. You know, there was always there was lots of moving parts, and uh, yeah. it was always a buzz, and uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised we never had a conversation at one of the events, but uh, okay. it, it, we've had a couple of conversations online, so it's it's really cool. And uh, obviously, I'm in some of your groups on Facebook, so I uh, feel like I keep in the know with what you got going on. But uh, yeah, you know, it's always nice to to chat in real time.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> I've been following you for a while. I have to admit, you know, it's kind of one of those uh, internet creeper kind of things. And <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate, I really do. I honestly appreciate everything you do, and and that's partly why I wanted to have a, a largely why I wanted to have a conversation with you today yeah I just I get, I receive your emails uh I see what you do on social media I've listened to some of your I listened to some of your other interviews and, uh, yeah, I'm just so so impressed so it's a real honor to have you huh. on today and to be able to have this uh conversation Thanks. with you
1: Oh, well, I'm I'm stoked. It, it goes both ways. And uh, I'm just, I'm always excited to have conversations, especially with stuff that I love. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, I know today will be fun. And uh, yeah, man. I, well, the cool thing is too, I'll be back in Vancouver in uh, a couple of weeks now. I'll be back. Yeah, good. So, uh, hopefully we'll actually meet in person and have a
0: conversation this time. Yeah, that so. would be great. <laughs> I was thinking of having yeah. like a a die meetup or something we'll get get a few people together or something man i'm in work (laughs) out we go for a hike go do the grind oh that sounds good that's have a hangout
1: at the top that would be fun actually yeah
0: that there we go there's a plan that would be fun yeah cool Cool. so on fuel radio we i'm starting to focus on body healthy body mind and soul and uh, i throw business in there too because i just feel like it's all about me, and <laughs> I'm trying to create, trying to build a business and create a business, but I want to do it in a in a healthy way. And you know, I'm a bit of an older guy now. I've had lots of experiences with what I feel like are unhealthy ways of of doing business. Um, but I think there's growing. It's been there for a while, growing momentum and um, changes, even in the way the way people are doing work. You know, right. Um, right. just. total aside my my daughter is in uh is in san francisco in silicon valley
1: wow and uh
0: yeah talk about different work environments like i won't name the company that she's at but you know lots of they just do things a lot you know really differently i don't know that it's healthy but they're just the way that maybe you and i when we first started out in our careers it things have changed man (laughs)
1: just a, a little bit well, the, the, the conversations right like uh, yeah. an awareness the mindfulness of, of lifestyle and, and some of our immediate choices and yeah. just how it affects us long term I, I just think we're much more aware uh, of the power of our choices you know yeah. and how it affects us long term especially whether we're an employee or we're an entrepreneur trying to build a scale of business uh, right down to you know the, the supporting third parties that are there to, to help the business operate as well. Like to, we all have a role, but man, we're all just people, right? <laughs> At the end of the day. And uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So just briefly describe where you've come from and where you are. We'll delve into <laughs> We'll delve into what a healthy work environment or what an ideal day for you looks like now. Cool. All right. Because it yeah. must be pretty different than it was even 10 years ago. Or when did, oh, my when gosh. You, when did you make the big shift? You know, Rod, yeah. It's, I was
1: having a conversation the other day, and uh, I was actually invited to, to speak at a co-working space here in, uh, in Bali. And uh, I was talking about the three Ps, passion, Purpose and process, and uh, I'm, I'm a, you know, being an author and a writer, I love alliteration. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the three P's, it just it sort of rhymes, but but it's this idea of really trying to best we can trying to align our passions and our purpose in life you know like the japanese call it our icky guy the reason why we get up in the morning right like um what's also interesting is the japanese culture doesn't have a definition or or an explanation for the word retire you know like because mm. they believe that you know you work your ikigai. guy your ikigai is the reason you get up in the morning the only reason you don't get up in the morning is because you died so you know you're doing this <laughs> you're you work your purpose right yeah. and and typically align that with your passion and I'm a big believer in process you know my my previous companies and and my my roles in those companies has always been more in the operations capacity as well as the training capacity but I'm a big fan of, of systems and processes because when you have a system it's amazing how smoothly things can run Potentially, you know. Potentially, I mean. Sometimes the systems and the processes aren't optimized, and you know, there's a lot of trial and error at times. But um, overall, we can see um, things that have worked or haven't worked, and, and we can always optimize. So, I'm a big fan of those three P's. And and so, in, in the conversation I was having, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know, had I." Had a conversation with somebody like you and I. Let's just say we chatted five years ago, and you're like, "Where do you think you'll be in five years' time, and doing what?" Uh, I would have never p- painted a picture of what I'm doing now <laughs> from where I am now. Do you know what I mean? So it's like things just change so quickly. Even three years ago, had you asked me, I'd, I'd still not have given you the answer that I would today. So, and I think, and the biggest thing I want people to take away from that is it's beautiful. You know, this thing in life, we just really don't know. You know, all of a sudden you decide to make a change. And if you want to make a big change, well, big changes require big changes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of seems like it just happens. You know, I've been in the fitness space for over 20 years and didn't come to it naturally. I was morbidly obese as a teen, made a transformation, took about 20 months for me to lose the weight and to get into that healthy rhythm. And it just sort of turned me on to coaching and mentorship and, and the wellness industry. And uh, I've been in it ever since, you know, just helping people facilitate transformation, either in their businesses or in their lives. Usually it's both. Uh, they're, they're very tightly connected, as, as we all find. And as you know, Rod, and, you know, you building the business that you're building, uh, it, the two are intertwined. Beautifully well. We just talked about Doug, right, and, and, and Heather. And, uh, I mean, they, they, too, do the same thing. You, you look at their lifestyle, but you look at their businesses, they're too calm. I lost you there for a second. I, I was just saying, uh, you know, we have that flexibility when we're working online as digital entrepreneurs to work from anywhere, anytime. And, uh, you know, there, there's no boundaries, right? We can go anywhere and make an impact. So it's, uh, it's kind of cool. So, yeah, that was my tirade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the Internet's made a huge difference, hasn't it? Oh, look at that! There's a
1: little <laughs> little background. That's that's Bali. That is uh, what I get to look at every once in a while when I'm driving around. Cool. Sometimes I just I a little.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't set up my wall today, but you've got your yeah. <laughs> okay. So today, what does uh, you probably don't have many typical days, but what's a typical? How would you describe yeah. a typical healthy day where you would maybe come to the end of the day and go, that was. That was right in the zone. That was a, that was a great day. That's a great question, Rod. You know, it's funny because I, I
1: bet you you could ask that question of like a hundred entrepreneurs and you'd get a, probably about a hundred different answers, but there would probably be some overlap. You know, there'd be some similarities between a lot of the answers that we get. And I think it's because as subjective as the term health is, uh, we can objectify it to, to, to a certain extent. We can quantify it as well. You know, and, and that's my only qualm about the fitness industry. My only negative is that they have a tendency to want to quantify everything, right? It's like, oh, how much weight can you put on the bar? You know, how fast can you run a mile? How, how, how high can you jump? You know, what waist circumference are you? How much body fat percentage are you? What's your weight on the scale? Like, we love to throw numbers at it, right? Yeah. And, and I get it. We can gauge progress through a change in
0: the, in the quantities, right? In his numbers. I just want to interject for a sec, because it makes me think of something that happened just this morning. I've been walking the uh, Coquitlam crunch with a friend of mine. Oh, nice. Awesome. He's an older gentleman and he knew that I'd been doing it. And he wanted the first time he wanted to go with someone, right? And fast walker. And so today he asked me, you know, am I, am I walking too fast? Is the pace too quick? And it was like, I just, I'm not in that place anymore. Like I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Like, like we'll just, yes. let's just go for a walk and have a good conversation. Yeah. And one of the benefits and both are healthy, right? The conversation's healthy yes. and yeah. the speed doesn't really matter to me. And plus we're walking, you know, <laughs> we're climbing however many, it's only like a third of the, of the grouse grind, but uh, we're getting a good workout no matter what. So the pace and the time and all of that doesn't really even, even matter to me. So, anyways, when you brought that up, it made me think of a very recent conversation that I had with someone. I love it. Yeah. But,
1: but Rod, it's you know, it's the lifestyle, right? It's that that life application piece of why we do what we do, and and I think a lot of times where the emphasis should start is on the qualification, on the actual the quality aspect. Uh, in particular, when we're talking about this, it's like there's a direct correlation between living a, a life a certain way and doing certain things to the quality of life you know, that we have, not only in the immediate circumstances, but long-term, you know, like, um, well, just as an example, I mean, there's something called the blue zones, you know, Dan Butner uh, researched that with National Geographic and uh, it was awesome. You know, there's these five areas around the world where they got people living to be a hundred plus very regularly, like a higher density of population than anywhere else in the world. That's why they're called these these special areas. And what they did was they they went to these little pockets and they looked at these people living to be a hundred plus And I mean, they're not waiting around to die. Okay. Like they're not sitting in a chair, in a rocking chair, just waiting. They're thriving. They are like dancing. They are hanging with family. They are big uh, pillars in the community. They move every day. They eat healthy. Like they just, they're living great lives. And, and so on the flip side of that, we've got someone by the name of Bronnie Ware who wrote a book called the five regrets of the dying. And, You know, I I like talking about these because they are polar opposites. You know, you've got people living to be 100 plus that are thriving, loving life and just like crushing it very much in living in in alignment with their ikigai, their sense of purpose and their passions. Um, And then you've got on the other end of the spectrum, people that are, are, are struggling as they get into their old age that are waiting to die. And they have these five regrets that keep coming up over and over again. And one of the ones that always stick out to me is I wish I allowed myself to be happier. You know, this this idea of we actually have a choice in whether or not we're happy. (laughs) And uh, and then the second one that sticks out to me is uh, that that they found that all these people that were were, had these same regrets. uh, One of the other ones that jumps out is I wish I lived the life I wanted to live and not the life that others expected of me. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, how many of us are guilty of that, right, of, of just doing certain things because we just figure that's what everybody expects of us to do? And, and you know, life is short. We, we only have so much time here, and you start to look at it differently. And, and so my day, every day when I look at it, I'm like, I'm going to steal a page from Steve Jobs, but, you know, he talked about it in his Stanford address that this idea of looking in the mirror every day and asking himself, if I was about, if this is the last day of my life and I was about to do what I'm about to do, would I do it? Would I like to do it? You know, And he, he says you know, I, uh, that if he answered no too many days in a row, he had to make a change. And I like that. Uh, a number of years ago, I started doing something very similar. Every day, I'm like, okay, what am I about to do today? Do I want to do it? Am I going to get a lot of enjoyment and satisfaction in this? Would I be happy if at the end of the day, I wasn't going to wake up tomorrow? Would I be happy with the day I just had? And that's now sort of the filter through which I make a lot of choices, you know, and I decide what to do and the people I hang out with and the people I'm helping. And it just
0: and there really seems to really kind of two schools of thought on that too, doesn't it? It's, there's still that school of thought out there that you got to grind it out and you got to do, huh. you gotta pay your dues and you got to, and th- th- maybe there's yeah. some truth to that <laughs> yeah. a little bit, yeah. I guess. There's still a, a little element of that in me that I think, think you have to do that, but sure. uh not necessarily, right? Not necessarily. Does it have to, Does it have to be a struggle and a pain every day? Yeah, and when I listen. I I get the struggle, and
1: and and as I say, the struggle with the juggle uh, of life. We we have a lot of things that we're constantly juggling, and and sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming. But uh, it, it's different when it's something that you, you you love, something that you really want, something that's deeply ingrained in you. Like there, there's this like I need to be doing this. I want to be doing. It you know uh to me that's not really grinding like i mean it is but it isn't you know like it's 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 fun it's it's in alignment with some of the things that i want for myself for my family for my communities and if i've got a few extra hours i'm i'm happy to to go in and, and apply it to that you know if it means it's going to get me closer to 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 realizing that vision you know so that the, the whole hustle movement as coined by gary Vaynerchuk, you know like i i I appreciate that, and and for those that know me, I'm not going to deny it. I man, hustle is something that was my middle name for a lot of years. You know, I was building a previous company, a retail operation in Canada, and and that same note, I started building my own personal brand as well, my own blog, and just my, myself uh, through through digital means, and. Uh, yeah, I was running both. You know, I'd be at my day job, you know, the nine to five, and then I'd come home, hang with the family a little bit, and then I'd be doing the the, the seven to eleven. You know, like it was. Uh, I did that for years. So, but man, it was fun. Like it was fun, and uh, it ultimately has helped bring me to where I am now. So I don't begrudge it. I don't regret it. Uh, I learned a lot through the experience, and I also realized that now, as I enter into my forties, that Um, Certain things I took for granted when I was younger, it isn't quite so easy anymore, you know, like the recovery time isn't quite as quick, you know. Um, There's certain ways that I train my body now, certain types of ways that I I fuel myself, certain ways on how I recover and practice self-care. It's all shifted a bit since I've entered into my 40s, you know, and uh, so I get it. There is a shift that we go through as we age and it's just being willing to, to do our best as we go through it, you know.
0: You um, you work with a lot of people too. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a, a program online that people can join yeah. for free. And w- what's it called again? I'm sorry. I'm- uh, yeah, it's okay. It's uh, the whole life fitness
1: manifesto. So it's right. uh, 28 days to, to maximize in 30 minutes every day. So basically 2%, 30 minutes every 24 hours, you invest in your number one asset, which is yourself, your body, yeah. your mind, and your spirit, right? So, yeah,
0: so yeah. describe that program, because I think you're going to answer all three of them. <laughs> answer body, mind, and soul. Maybe by yeah. describing that program. And I've noticed, I just want sure. to say, too, I've noticed a little bit more f- emphasis from you on the, the mind and soul aspect yeah. of things. Yeah. I know it's always, I think it's been a part of your program for a long time, or maybe you added it along the way. But, yeah, maybe if you can, address all three of those at one <laughs> time. <laughs> well, th-
1: they're all important. Right, like I, people are like, well, what's the most important? I can only do one. What is it? And I'm like, well, you can't do just one. You know, like it's, uh, I do often start to work with some people, and, and I'll get them committed to, uh, doing just fitness to begin with. Usually walking, like just walking. Like it's amazing, but it's it's a lot of good things happen when we walk. But but when we start to feel better like actually physically feel better, feel healthier, feel uh, just more energized, uh, we start to live life a little bit differently. So, you know, if you have to emphasize one component, if there's one thing that you had to do, I, I include daily movement. You know, I'm a big believer that. Move every day, every way. <laughs> you know, like don't, don't limit yourself to only doing one type of exercise or one type of activity. You, you know, embrace a life of moving lots of different ways. So if you want to garden, garden. You know, you want to hike a mountain? Hike a mountain. You want to go to the gym and do a step class or, or a spin class? Do it. Like embrace different modalities because life is, is, is both challenging and rewarding at the same time. But we have to be prepared to handle anything that life throws at us. And it, life is anything but linear. You know, like as much as we try to make it linear because of time, we think of time as linear. Uh, So we all make the present that we live our life that way, but we don't. It's dynamic. It's always changing and uh, nothing stays the same. So we have to uh, adopt, I believe, a a fitness lifestyle that that complements that, you know, and and so I'm a big believer in doing different things. Uh, But you got to do it every day. And then on top of that, mindful meditation. I mean, I'm not going to be on here to, if you want all the data and all the science and all that, sure, buy a copy of my book. I talk a lot about it, give you a lot of resources, or you can go to my website. I got lots of articles that talk about the benefits of this. I think there's enough people that know of the benefits now, you know, they know they ought to be doing it. They just haven't created a ritual around it, a routine of doing it daily. Um, So in my program, it's 15 minutes of movement with purpose, five minutes of mindful meditation, and 10 minutes of personal concentrated, focused development on themselves. And this is just comes through listening to inspiring podcasts like yours, Rod, or, or watching a great TED talk, or you know, um, watching a, an educational documentary or listening to an audiobook. But either way, fill in your mind with something uplifting, something that's in the realm of personal or professional development, something that betters you. And if you can at least do that 10 minutes every day, it, you're, you're doing something to, to change the way you think the way that you see the world, you know, the way that you see yourself. And, and I think it's really important from an ad- adaptation and a growth perspective, and uh, and ultimately getting the most out of life. So that's basically what the program is. I just give people 28 days. I make them commit to 28 days. I shouldn't say make, but I, I invite them to commit to 28 days. Uh, is it the all that you need to do? No, but it's the minimum you should be doing. Uh, I call it a gateway program. It gets people started helps them start to create some habits some behaviors and some uh, ultimately the mindset required to live a healthy happy and and fun life you know so uh yeah it's free to join join wlfm.com sign up it's all there there's no excuse like you don't need any equipment you don't need much room man i send you a workout video every day that you can do with my wife and i and uh, so there's really no excuse like i mean there's only reasons to do it. <laughs> and I always laugh at people they're like, well, what if they're this? this? I'm like, those are just excuses, you know, like, you know, if you don't want to do it, don't do it, but just own that you don't want to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, I, uh, you've heard me, maybe you haven't heard me, but I, I remember doing some media in Vancouver where I was talking about ask you know, like people that ask for advice, ask for help, you, you then with the best of intentions, give them some great insights, great advice, and then they turn around, and they do nothing with it, nothing. And it's like, well, why do you even ask, you know? And uh, so I call those people assholes. I have an asshole radar now. And uh, I really uh, like to think that it's pretty accurate. And I call people out. Uh, maybe that's something that comes with old age, less patience with that. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all good. anyways.
0: That's fantastic. I love that. Uh, that's a great term. <laughs> um, no. What is something that, for you personally, like? It seems like you've been growing in this whole area of meditation and and learning yeah. more about it, and now even starting to teach it more. I, I kind of have been lumping mind and soul together because I just feel like they're just so connected. Where to, you know, it's it's hard sure. to tell one from the other. So, the way I like to look at this is, how do you, how do you, how do we, or how do I, or how do you overcome negativity?
1: Well, I don't deny it. I, I think that's one way of starting. I, I used to just try to avoid and ignore and deny it in my life. Like, I was like, nope, I don't have time for negativity. Like, stay away. <laughs> and, and like, and I found the harder I tried to push away on it, actually, the more it, it creeped in on me which seems really weird. And I'm sure Sun Tzu has some sort of fancy quote about this, but uh, or Sun Tzu or whatever the way of the warrior, uh, there's probably some philosophy around this. But either way, what I found was the more I I tried to avoid, the more I actually uh, found I I attracted. And um, because I, I, you know, as you start researching psychology and some of these things, uh, we have this thing called the reticular activation system where our subconscious starts to look for things. And more often than not, the way that we program our mind actually influences the things that we tend to attract. And this is why they call it the law of attraction, right? Like, So if you're programming your subconscious to look for positive things, look for positive people, look for positive opportunities, you tend to attract these. All of a sudden, and it's not like you're attracting; you just tend to notice them more. And so the more I was trying to focus on not attracting negativity, I was actually attracting negativity. And so I have learned to accept it. And this is the thing about mindful meditation. It's not a matter of clearing your mind. You know, like it, a lot of people say, oh, you just got to clear your mind. You got to think about nothing. It's like, well, no, I, I don't know of anybody, at least myself personally, I've never been able to do it to actually clear my mind. I, I do recognize that thoughts are coming in all the time. It, it's said that we have up to 60,000 thoughts in our minds every single day. 60,000, 60,000, like how are we supposed to filter through all that stuff, you know? And and so it's not a matter of trying to stop the mind from thinking. It's just recognizing that it will be thinking all the time and, and acknowledging that, but letting it go, not getting emotionally attached to it. You know, because most of us, you know, Eckhart totally talks about the power of now, you know, this idea of, of time shifting. We're either thinking about things that actually will never, ever, ever happen in our lives. Some distant future, some potential that never will happen. Or we're thinking about things that have already happened. And, and, and there's a lot of gloom and doom and wishing that didn't happen. And, and either way, we're living in the past that we can't do anything about. And it, it's just bringing the focus back to right now. And through mindful meditation or through meditative practices, you can start to to, to develop that skill, that awareness, that ability to to actually do that. So now it's not so much that um, I figured it all out. I've just learned how to now observe things a little bit more. I've created a little bit of a buffer, just a little bit, enough of a buffer that when things are happening and I'm experiencing something in the moment, I'm not just reacting like I normally would be. Because if you think about it, 60,000 pieces of information or thoughts that we're trying to process every day, we have to learn very quickly how to filter this. And so most of the time, our filtering system just reacts nonstop. And if you ba- boil it down to the most basic needs, it's either I like it or I don't like it. Right. Right. Like, I mean, that's really what the filter comes down. We, we talk about love and fear. Right. Like it really comes down to I like this. I want more. I don't like this. I don't want any more of that. You know, it, it really gets down to that. Yes, no type of situation, black and white. Uh, and then there's obviously shades of gray. However, it, it's really, that's how we learn to process things really quickly. This is why we're, we're so quick to judge people, aren't we? Like we, we meet someone for the first time. We just see them and we judge because we're filtering. And a lot of our filtration system is based on past experiences. And, and so you have to ask yourself, well, am I liking this aspect of me? Do I like how I'm quick to judge people? Like I've been since I've been traveling the last number of years, you know, you have to become much more open-minded. You just do. You're meeting new cultures. You're living within new cultures. Like cultural relativism is very real, you know, like the way they live in Bali and in Indonesia is very different than how we live back in Vancouver, Canada. You know, like you have to have this, this air of being more open, you know, or else you, you just <laughs> are going to cut yourself off to, to, to living, in my opinion a great life you know and so uh learning how to deal with this and that's really where the that mind body piece uh comes in right it's this how does our mind influence the things that our body's experiencing or or the world that we're living in and it just takes practice and yeah it's regular practice and but once you commit to it it's pretty cool you know like because now you're just not i feel like i'm just more aware of what i'm doing you know like i'm actually uh taking purposeful action and not just blindly reacting and just sort of going in with the flow, as they say. Uh, but that also implies that, you know, I just have to go with wherever this takes me. You, you know, that's the whole idea of going with the flow. Like, okay, well, I get it, but that sort of implies that there's not a huge amount of choice. You know, like what if I don't like the flow? I don't like the direction it's going. What, I just got to go with it? You know, like, I'm like, well, no, <laughs> if I don't like the flow. I'm going to change it. I'm going to get out and find a new stream, you know, like, and that's where we have this, Sort of power to to choose and to fully own our situation. And um, so that's something that I've really been working on in the last five, six years. And uh, it's made a big difference in my life. It's definitely increased the quality of life and at least my perceived quality of life. Um, You know, we could argue about the the other pieces, but uh, perception is reality, they say. So uh, I'd like to think things go in the right direction, you
0: know. That's great. I I love so many of the things you said there. And um, yeah. The idea of not denying it, I think what we resist persists, you know, that's what exactly. Idea. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Or even grows or it's it's that old adage of like, yeah, I mean, you, I know you grew up in the same area when I would learn to drive, I was taught that if, if you, if it's snowing and your car's going in the ditch, where are you, where are you looking? If you're looking in the ditch, you're probably going to go in the ditch. If you're that's looking right. at the road. Absolutely. So and creating that buffer i like that too like if you have if you can put that create that pause in your life before reacting yes. right so okay. so important and yeah and then the whole the, you know the tons of thoughts that we have many of them are useless i, I think tole says right. like 90% or more are just useless thoughts yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. right and even
1: then if you think 90% of 60,000 i mean yeah. are, are really the rest of those even useful like yeah. i, I <laughs> would go as i would say the number's even higher than that
0: oh yeah yeah for sure yeah,
1: because I, I think about it in the day, I'm like how many thoughts are actually yeah. applied <laughs> to what I'm doing. I got, and I don't even know. I, I don't even know how to begin to gauge that. Even so, it's uh it's interesting though when you start to really think about it. So
0: yeah, I know we're we're getting close to the end here. Um, yeah, yeah. Just one thing I was curious about was: sure. have you seen how has it helped? Because I know even in myself, like when I'm trying to lose weight or trying to do an exercise yeah. uh, program. Yeah. Um, I'm challenged with all kinds of. It's it's interesting what sort of thoughts all of a sudden surface. You know, like oh, I, I can't do this, or that's somebody else can do that, or yeah. um, just the addictive nature of of food and all of that kind of stuff. Have you fa- found this mindfulness practice has helped with your clients as well? Have you Have you noticed a difference?
1: Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, I even. <sighs> take it back one step further, you know, is this idea of um, letting go of the all or nothing attitude. I, I think a lot of us, we, we presume that we need to do everything perfect. You know, like we have this idea that if I can't check off everything on the list of the things that I want to change, well, I'll just start again tomorrow. You know, like, so we, we basically write off the day, like we're used to, to this sort of, uh, oh, well, I made a mistake. Uh, I'll start again tomorrow. You know and and it's not our fault we, we are sort of conditioned that way i mean you look at january first as a prime example it's like oh well new year new start you know by 10 10 or 12 you know i forget what the stat is but it's like before two weeks are even up most people have already failed on their new resolution you know this this thing that they wanted to change they've already given up on and and i often find it's that emotional connection we have to the change you know the change that we're wanting to make we 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 downplay the importance of it in our life and we give ourselves a backdoor if you will to to not follow through with it and also the kind of language that we use when we're making commitments to ourselves and and actually start talking about change you know change is intimidating but change involves change you know like it's it's funny but i'm using the same word to define the actual action you know it's it's it doesn't just happen without effort or without choice. And, and you got to take an action, you know, just choosing to uh, just saying to yourself, oh, I'm going to do this. That's great. You still got to go do it. You know, like um, and, and so it's recognizing what are potential roadblocks for you? What are some of the patterns that keep reoccurring that pull you back and anticipating them? and just having a plan for them, but also realizing, man, life happens. It is very unpredictable. As much as we like to predict, we wake up this morning, we presume it's going to be like groundhog's day. It's going to be much like the same as it was yesterday. As much as it may be similar, it's not the same thing. Like it doesn't repeat. The day never repeats. You know, you are a new person when you wake up tomorrow than you were today. You just are like, it's part of life. And so with that idea of renewal and starting again, just ask yourself, what are the things I can do today that bring me in tighter alignment with the person that I want to be or becoming? You know, and and if that's a healthier version of you, great. What is one thing you can do today? Just one thing. One thing you could do today. Okay, well, today I'm going to make sure I get my ten thousand steps. That's it. That is the one non-negotiable. I'm going to make that happen today. Or you've got a commitment to get your yoga class today. Make that commitment. You know, you made that commitment to you. You said that I am worth this. You know. It, 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 that's really the value proposition. It's not about everybody else. It's all about yourself. You know, And if you're not willing to make yourself a, a non-negotiable, nobody else will. Like it's, it's true, right? Like, you know, as much as we like to think our family cares about us being healthy, they shouldn't care about it more than we do. <laughs> and, and I find the problem is a lot of us don't care enough about ourselves. You know, we're used to putting our needs on the back burner to be the martyr. Like I work with a lot of, adults that are 40 plus, you know, into their 40s and 50s. And there's an interesting shift that happens, like, you know, up until we're about 40, there's a clock on the wall when we're born, and it's counting up. <laughs> and then we hit 40 something. And all of a sudden, we, we envision that clock counting down now. <laughs> and, and so every day, it's like, Oh, I've got one less day to, to move closer to that, you know, and, and to be honest, one of the best ways to ensure that that clock gets extended is by living healthy, you know? What does that mean to live healthy? Well, I'd have to ask that to, to, to the individuals. I asked them to now qualify and quantify what is health to you? So it's like we've done a full circle now, you know, like on, on the conversation that we started with, that, that subjective term of health, well, what is health to you? What does it mean to be financially healthy? What does it mean to be spiritually healthy? What does it mean to be psychologically and emotionally healthy, let alone physically healthy? Because I think we have to be healthy in all areas of our life, you know? It's not just a fitness thing. Fitness is just one direct correlation, so we know to make our physical physical body, our cardiovascular system and our muscular system healthy, we go to the gym. We, we apply a little bit of pressure because it creates a positive adaptation. We know this. This is what periodization is, you know. Joe Weider was talking about this back in the 50s and 60s, you know, Joe and Ben Weider that started the whole movement. You know, they were talking about exercise. You know, applying pressure for a certain amount of time created a positive adaptation. Well. If you want to improve financially, what is that pressure you have to apply to improve financially? You know, if you want to improve psychologically or emotionally, what is that pressure you're going to have to apply to create a positive adaptation? And when you apply pressure, you feel uncomfortable. There's a cliche about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. It is a cliche because it's true, you know, and and that's what happens. We apply pressure. You look at evolution, Darwin talks about this for like frigging a couple hundred years, you know, like we, we know that we've evolved as a species because of pressure. So embrace the pressure, find the right pressure to apply to see the adaptation and the changes you want to make and then start living them, you know, but you will feel uncomfortable <laughs> and that's a guarantee. Uh, but once you get through that period of growth, you, you will often look back and be like, wow, it wasn't that bad. It's amazing how our perceived exertion or our perceived difficulty diminishes drastically as soon as we're through it, you know, and there's a really neat study that talks about this proptologist actually that does these, these tests and, and they actually review the clients and their, their perceived memory, how they remember of a, a dramatic incident. And, uh, and it, uh, you know, I, I won't go into all the details, but ultimately what they found was, you know, the longer the time goes from the time when they had those anal probes, <laughs> you know, uh, the, their memory became a, a lot more positive. But the closer to the day that it happened, the, the more dramatic it was. You know, so it, it, well, obviously it's a, really dramatic. I mean, you've got something stuck up your butt. I mean, there's nothing pre- pleasant about that. Um, but their memory of it, as time goes on, uh, you know, they, they diminish it in their conversation. It's like when they think back, oh, it wasn't that bad. When, meanwhile, you know, you ask them two weeks after the event, they're like, oh, man, it was the worst thing ever. Ah, you know, but this too shall pass, as the Buddha said. You know, and uh, this too shall pass. The, the, the challenges that you face, they will pass. And uh, so don't avoid them. Embrace them. Make the best of them, you know?
0: Good stuff. I find myself wanting to talk to you for a long, long time. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll have to try to uh, connect when you get over here. And,
1: I would love that. That'd be fantastic. Well, yeah. We'll have to get a hike in for sure and then uh, yeah. and a coffee at the top or something. But yeah, yeah. Know, I, I would love that ride. It'd be fantastic.
0: We can... If you're open to it we'll maybe invite a few other people to yes yeah <laughs> i'm totally down with
1: that that would be fantastic and yeah. uh, i know we could talk all day about this stuff and uh, you asked yeah. me about my my do have my uh, movement commitment coming up in about 30 minutes so i do have to go What well, that's yeah. unfortunate but it's yeah. my non-negotiable is my my commitment to movement every day yeah. and, uh, so i got to keep my commitment you know yeah. that's how it goes
0: good for you yeah so what is, uh, what's one, what's the primary way that people can get in touch with you? N- n- no assholes, please. Only if yeah. <laughs> well,
1: you. Know, I love Facebook and Messenger. Like I am yeah. all over that stuff, either through my page or my personal profile. Yeah. Um, but if you go to my my page, there's a, as soon as you message me, you get an option to get my free smoothie book. Uh, okay. So it's got a bunch of good smoothie recipes in it. Just, it's okay. Facebook slash diamond well the easiest way but if you type my name into google you'll find me uh it's the one thing about having a unique name that uh (laughs) google loves me i've been creating content for 12 years so uh there's a lot of ways to find me and uh so just reach out i'm I'm very accessible and uh i love these conversations
0: yeah great and i just got to say die is one of the best guys at getting back in touch with people (laughs) like you you're amazing i don't know how you do it but you are, you are so good at, it uh, yeah. must be a really high value of yours that you committed to yeah. it early on. Like you are so good at getting back to people. It's, uh, well,
1: and, and to be absolutely fair, Rod, so people are like, well, oh, how do you do all this stuff? You know, and I'm, I sleep six hours a night. I've been doing that since I was about 17. Um, That's right. just how I operate. So I get an extra two hours a day, if you think about that, versus the, the standard eight hours of sleep. <laughs> so that gives me an extra 30 days a year. Uh, but not only do I get an extra month, I also made a commitment a long time ago that with content creation, that is where my time will be focused online. So when I'm online, it's simply to create content or to engage with those that engage with my content. Mm -hmm. That's my 80, 20. So 80% of my time goes to that where 20% is actually consumption. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I know that a lot of people the other way around. And and so it's easy to get lost in things and then not have the time to, to, to engage back or or reply. Mm -hmm. I just, I've, switched it you know my, my time goes to creating and engaging with those that engage so mm. uh, that's why it's really easy for me to get back to people I just I don't consume a lot you know mm. so, uh, um, but that was a choice I made a long time ago and it's it's been working so far so good and uh, you know we'll keep it that way I find I'm, I'm not on my devices as much as uh, I know I could be yeah uh, because very focused time you know
0: that's a great way to look at it less less consuming more creativity and community yeah Communication, yeah, sure. awesome. We'll end with that as Go a ahead. as a final tip. <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you so much, Dai. Thank yeah. you, Rod. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Great. Let's do it. Take care. See you. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.